0: Welcome to the Focus Show on WJR. Um, I'm Terry Radigan. I'm the chair of the Detroit Sports Commission. And I must say I'm I'm having a moment here, uh, a pinch me moment, because um, that's Paul W.'s walk-up music. And uh, I've heard it for years. He's a legendary Hall of Fame broadcaster. And uh, it's a real honor and a privilege to be sitting in this chair, in his chair, and I want to thank Paul and and Thomas and the WJR family for inviting me to be here. Uh, as the chair of the sports commission, uh, we have the responsibility to um, host the NFL draft, and that's coming up in uh, in 70 days. So we're going to spend a lot of time today talking about the NFL draft, and we've got a, a great lineup of of guest speakers and uh look forward to to kicking that off shortly but i guess before we do that you know we were all in Kansas City a big contingent of detroiters was in Kansas City just last april uh for their draft and uh it was all took place right there at union station and you know yesterday there was a a, a senseless tragedy that that took place um when they were having their chiefs super bowl celebration parade uh, just as it ended so um, certainly our, our hearts go out to uh, the folks in Kansas City, the Chiefs organization, the entire community. They could not have been more welcoming and more supportive of us as we were there last April um, and and helping us make our draft all it can be. And, of course, we'll pay it forward as well because next year it's going to be in Green Bay. And we intend to uh, open our doors and help out the folks from Green Bay as much as possible. So. With that, I, I want to move on to uh, the first of our guests, and um, boy, he's a, he's a close friend, he's a, he's a golf partner, he's uh, one of the most knowledgeable sports minds in our town, and I uh, just look forward to having some conversation here with WJR Sports Director
1: Steve Courtney. Hi, Steve. Mr. Terry Radigan, my dear friend, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Everything is well, as far as I know. Do
0: you remember, Steve, uh, I think it was back when it was called Fox Sports Detroit, now Bally now Sports Detroit, they had a, a promotion called April in the D, and it was because the Red Wings were always in the playoffs, oh, <laughs> the Pistons yeah. were always in the playoffs, oh, yeah. Tigers Opener Day. I, I, I'm starting to get a sense that April in the D is going to be pretty special around here, my friend. We've got uh, Tigers Opening Day, and we'll talk uh, a little bit later with uh, Jeff, Jeff Greenberg about that, but... Um, The draft. It is something to behold, and we can't wait. 70 days from right now.
1: You know what, Terry? Uh, In this great city of Detroit, uh, in the past, we have uh, hosted many a great athletic event. Uh, We've had a Super Bowl here. Uh, We've had Ryder Cups. Uh, We've had Major League Baseball All Star games, championships, and uh, things of that nature. And uh, I, I would imagine at the top of the bucket list for a lot of detroit sports fans which clearly is the greatest sports market in the world um the nfl draft has always been at the top of the list and uh as chair of the detroit sports commission uh you and your wonderful staff um played a huge part of course uh in convincing the national football league that uh, detroit would be a great place to have what has turned out to be a uh, marquee event you know years ago uh, the NFL draft, well, it's always been big for the draft heads and, you know, what have you. But now it's uh, taken a life of its own. Uh, there's absolutely no doubt about that, my friend.
0: And you think about the Final Four, Steve, or even a regional final that we have coming Oh, yeah, up. everything. You know, um, th- that brings four teams and their fan bases, or the Super Bowl or something like that brings two teams and their fan bases. We are going to have 31 other cities converge on our great city and uh that's the beauty of it and it's um it's not the super bowl has gotten to a point where it's um it's beyond maybe the means of of everyday people but the NFL draft is a free event all you need is the NFL one pass and you're in and then um and, you know we're so close to so many rabid sports towns you think about the buffalo bills fan base or the cleveland browns the pittsburgh steelers chicago bears you know, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Green Bay, they're all going to be able to drive here, and they will. And I saw it in Kansas City. It is unbelievable, the number of, you know, just the eclectic, uh, colorful, uh, different uh, jerseys. Everyone's walking around. They overtake a, a bar. I found the, no surprise to you, I found the Detroit
1: Lions bar when really? I was in Kansas
0: City. Yeah, isn't that amazing?
1: <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, you know, here's the thing, though, Terry. Um, You know, when you have the draft in our great city, you know, we know uh, what Detroit has to offer. And already I'm being bombarded by phone calls from family members and friends from around the nation. that are saying, hey, uh, why don't we uh, plan a little something, something for the uh, NFL draft coming to your great town? Um, Yeah, clearly I'm not running an Airbnb here uh don't, don't have the room to accommodate everybody but it just goes to show you that the national interest in what we're going to be doing is uh, absolutely phenomenal and don't you find it rather interesting that we are hosting uh, this amazing event after our Detroit Lions come through with the greatest season in 32 years uh there is quite the vibe still about the Honolulu Blue and Silver, yeah, the way they lost in the NFC championship game okay uh let 's just move on um, I think this uh this organization is poised for greatness over the next few years.
0: I agree with you steve we're poised for greatness, and the timing could not have been better to have those two home playoff games. Two wins, have them both on national TV, huge television audience. And boy, didn't NBC do a great job of showing our city with drone footage and different angles and the weather cooperated. It was just so amazing to see. Uh, And I think you're right. It it was a perfect setup for uh, everyone to come in and and see Detroit like they've never seen it before. And and we're going to get a bunch of of first-time visitors as well. And we always hear the same thing. Wow, I had no idea. And so uh, you're right. It's the greatest sports town in America, and we're about to show the world that.
1: You know, I've seen it time and time again, Terry, uh, when you get the national media, uh, come to Detroit for it. You name the event. And uh, to be honest, they're a little bit skeptical uh, because of what they've heard that transpired years ago, decades ago. They come here, they do their job, and uh, I get emails. Uh Had a wonderful time. There is so much to do. Uh, you know, things of that nature. The, uh, the X factor, and you touched on it, and we can't ignore the elephant in the room, uh, the NFL draft in late April. Uh, here in the uh, great state of Michigan, uh, in southeast Michigan, uh, we've been known to have a flurry or two at that particular <laughs> time. Hopefully Mother Nature will cooperate and uh, uh, it'll, it'll be all systems go.
0: Every day, including yesterday, which was a nice day, a little chilly but a beautiful sunny day. I just perfect. Thought. Oh, please, could we have this this weather for <laughs> April 25th? Because really, that Thursday event that's the big that's the big one, and then Friday and Saturday, of course, are so, also important. But the really, really, cross your fingers that April 25 we have uh, have a beautiful weather day. But uh, you're quite right about that, and and regardless of the weather, uh, people that come here will be greeted by. Um, true Detroiters, we're sports fans, Uh, we're welcoming. We always hear about people telling us how kind everyone was and how they were treated so well. So it's just heartening. And, and, uh, you know, I guarantee you there's 31 other markets that wish they were getting the NFL draft in 70 days, but it's ours, and we're going to make it the very best it could possibly be.
1: Yeah, and, Terry, my friend, uh, kudos to you, Uh, again, as the chair of the Detroit Sports Commission and your uh, amazing staff. Um, it's a big undertaking. Uh, there's, uh, no doubt about it. I've, I've seen the preliminary plans and, uh, it's just going to be a party and far be it from me not to be involved in a party. Can I just say that
0: <laughs> Steve, I so appreciate you helping me kick off the show. It's always great to hear your voice and I know we'll talk to you soon.
1: Uh, looking forward to it, Terry, have a great time today, my friend.
0: Thanks Steve. You're listening to focus on WJR. Well, welcome back. We're so excited to have our next guest it's It's really someone who needs no introduction as we talk about the NFL draft here today. Um, Alexis Wiley is the founder and CEO of Moment Strategies, which is a detroit based strategic communications company, but she's also the co chair of the twenty twenty four nFL draft organizing com- committee uh, along with Claude Molinari. And um, Alexis has been an important member of our community for for years, Uh, first as a TV reporter, an Emmy Award winning TV reporter at Fox 2 in Detroit, and then uh, for many years serving as Mayor Duggan's chief of staff. So, Alexis, thanks for joining us and welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much um, for having me, Terry. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, you are one busy person. In addition to running your own company, you've got this little thing called the draft coming up in 70 days. And uh, uh, it's been a joy to to work with you and to watch you uh, perform at such a high level and, and lead the team. Um, what are some of the things you're most excited about as we count down the 70 days to the draft?
2: Well, you know, I, as as Ter- Terry, you know, we're all working so hard and, and, you know, have appreciated having you as part of the, the team as well. Um, Really, I, I'm just so excited for this opportunity for people to see Detroit. I feel like for, for so long, our image has been so far, so, so much different than what we as Detroiters and even people who live in Metro Detroit actually get a chance to experience, right? There's so many great reasons to really love living in Detroit, to love Michigan. Um, and I think we've got an opportunity to share that with the world. Um, I think the Lions have done an extraordinary job of of making Detroit the hot place to be. Um, When when you think about them being America's city, it just blows my mind. And I I think this is really a great opportunity for us to um, show people what Detroit's really about. We've got, we're expecting hundreds of thousands of fans to come from all over the country. You know, I I think Detroit, it's really interesting in that um, so many great football cities are within driving distance, just and not even that long of a driving distance, right? You got Cleveland, um, you know, all over you know, you got, um, Pittsburgh, so many different cities can, can come to Detroit within a, a pretty easy drive. And I think um, we're going to end up with a lot of people who will say, boy, that was a great place to be and I want to come back and visit
0: you know last week when we were in in Vegas uh at the Radio Row um we really were bombarded with people who said the same thing they talked about the Lions deep run how everyone was really pulling for for us to to make it to the yeah. Super Bowl and um, i even had a a 49ers fan say hey go Lions when he saw my when he saw my shirt um, <laughs> so that's a pretty pretty uh, high compliment but i think the, the thing that impresses me about what you and the team are doing is how you're really making this a very inclusive experience for the city of Detroit, for the for the neighborhoods of the city of Detroit, and for the suburbs as well. Could you talk a little bit about the On the Clock Tour, which is ongoing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, when I talk about really people seeing um, Detroit, in order to see Detroit, you've got to see all of us, right? You've got to see the community. You've got to make sure that everybody feels um, a strong connection to what's happening. And that's really what the On the Clock Tour is all about. Um, I, I can't take a lot of credit for this. I think that the city of Detroit, um, you know, the mayor really pushed for this. Um, Jessica Parker, who's at the city, has done an outstanding job and visits Detroit, has been very excited about this. And and what it's, it, what it's about is really making sure that um, when you look at the recreation centers across the city, that we're actually activating them with really cool events for the whole family. Uh, I, I took my, my three-year-old to the first event, and she had the best time. We had their DJs, um, bounce houses, um, uh, Rory the Lion came came down, and and the Lions cheerleaders, and so many people were there just um, really having a great time and celebrating the fact that, that the NFL Draft is coming to Detroit. Um, we're also looking at working with other communities on hosting their own on-the-clock tours, and the team's been really, really focused on that, and I think it's been it's really really exciting to see how, 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 um, how much energy people have around the draft and, and really the investment and attention that's going into making sure that everyone is fired up and, you know, fired up before the, the draft, but also fired up so they come down to the draft. Because we really want to have as many people as possible really just, um, you know, enjoying and, and being part of the festivities.
0: Right. And those folks that you mentioned who are going to drive in from from uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Chicago and Buffalo, they're going to be competing with us uh, folks from southeast Michigan and from the city of Detroit because Lions mania is really at a fever pitch. And so it's going to be exciting to have folks from all over the state come to Detroit and to um you know to to cheer on the the pick it's interesting too for the lions we're in a in a different spot than we usually are we're going to be picking towards the end of the draft instead of at the beginning so that's exciting and uh it's just having experienced it like you did um in in kansas city a wonderful experience they took a different approach theirs was more like an amphitheater type of a of a layout and we're going to be right in the core of downtown detroit and i think that's just going to make for such an amazing scene and and such an amazing vibe
2: yeah I, i i couldn't agree with you more i think that um you know, we have an opportunity to, to really do this event right. We are being very thoughtful about businesses, um, being being included, benefiting from the draft being here. We're looking at, you know, St. Nelson, who I know you're going to talk with later on. Um, she and and that whole committee have done it just, and her co-chair is Rick Chris. Um, they just have done an outstanding job of really thinking through um, how we make sure that there's a real investment in um, really leaving a legacy be, that goes far beyond the draft. And, and really the focus has been on investing in youth sports so that to ensure access for kids um, to, uh, to engage in sports. Um, and then also in youth literacy. Two things that we, we know are, are challenges and we want to make sure that we continue to support um, our youth and that these events actually become a catalyst for, um, for positive long-term investments for that you know make an impact for years to come
0: it's such a detroit thing it's unprecedented from the other cities that have hosted a draft to have a a legacy uh gift like that and so Mm -hmm. it just it's not surprising because uh detroit is the most generous community in the world but uh it is it is very very detroit for us to have something like that that's innovative and will leave a legacy long after the draft is over
3: absolutely absolutely
0: so any other things Alexis in the little bit of time we have left that you're over the top excited about or anything that sh- that makes you nervous as we get ready to uh to get ready for the draft?
2: Well, um I think that one I I think we should assure everyone that um we're being very intentional about all details related to the draft. Um I think you know we can't ignore what happened uh yesterday in Kansas City. Um, and our thoughts and prayers go out to all the those impacted in that community. Um I know there's been a there is a significant focus on security, and I won't go into too many details because that's a you know DPD is really the lead on that. But of course, that's something that there's a lot of attention going into. Um, but then also, what I am excited about is, you know this is the Detroit's biggest opportunity in, in, in more than a decade to really get notice for people to actually, see what Detroit's all about. And, and one thing that I, I implore everybody who's listening, come down and experience the draft, come enjoy, but also say great things about Detroit. Like this really is the time to to really showcase the city that we all lo- know and love and, um, you know, have a great time around the world stage. So we're clearly on the clock.
0: Under your leadership, I have high confidence that this is going to be the best it could possibly be. I look forward to working with you on it, and I really thank Thank you again for for everything you're doing, Terry. You're welcome. Thanks, Alexis.
2: All right, talk to you soon. Thank you.
0: You're listening to Focus on WJR. Welcome back to the Focus Show. I'm Terry Radigan. I am filling in for Paul W. Smith, and uh, delighted to be here. Uh, our next guest is is in studio and I'm um, so grateful to him for uh for being here to spend a little time with us. Um he's the president and the CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber, the honorable Sandy K Barua. Sandy, welcome. Terry, great to be with you today. So excited. So uh Sandy, you were kind enough to invite me, I don't know, less than a year ago to the open house of your new digs, your new uh new office space which is right within Campus Martius. And uh, we we noted at that point that you were going to have a pretty doggone good view of the of the draft if, in fact, the footprint was where we thought it was going to be. Well, last week, we unveiled the footprint, and sure enough, you're in position A. We have the best position that we can imagine for the draft.
4: We're on the eighth floor of the 1 Kennedy Square building. Uh, and we're looking, frankly, right onto the draft stage, and through our other set of windows. I mean, the the, the be- it's a build, beautiful building. The building is basically all glass. Uh, we can see the. We'll be able to see the parade down Woodward, uh, off to Hart Plaza. Fantastic. So it is absolutely terrific. Uh, you know, I uh, as you know, I shared with you. You know, off microphone. You know, we've had some really generous offers. Uh, for companies to use that space that week. We've said, you know, thank you for the kind offer. You know, we moved into this space because of our team. Uh, We wanted our team to enjoy the beautiful new space, and we're not going to let one of the best, most exciting things that's going to happen in downtown Detroit this year
0: uh, go to waste, and, you know, our team's going to be able to enjoy it. That's fantastic, and you're right. This It doesn't get much bigger than having the NFL draft, because as we've spoken before, it's not just two teams competing or four teams competing, in like some of the events that we've hosted. This is 31 markets that are all going to send their most rabid fans um, to, the, to the draft to our city, many of whom experiencing it for the first time. We have one chance to make a first impression, and I know we're going to make a, a very good first impression for those first-time visitors.
4: It is a national celebration of America's sport, and what better place to do it in one of the best sports towns in the country, uh, especially in this beautiful, revitalized downtown Detroit uh, that we have, uh, and especially, you know, with the Lions now rapidly becoming America's team. Uh, I can't imagine a better confluence of, of factors. We are so excited. Everyone I talk to is, is so excited. Uh, about this. I mean, what are we going to have? I, what are the numbers? Something like 30 some odd thousand.
0: Uh no, 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 more than that. 300 and some odd thousand people. That's what Kansas City had last year. They had yeah. 312,000 and uh that was fantastic. They did a great job. Yeah, and 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 we'll do a great job if and and a better job, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think one of the
4: advantages that uh, we're doing and you and the sports commission have done a great job leading this is that we're doing it right in downtown. Uh, other places have chosen kind of a, you know, some place on the periphery of their downtowns. Uh, we think this is going to show off the city fabulously. Obviously, this is going to have a huge economic impact. But I think even more importantly than that, Terry, is what you just said, is the number of people who are going to be experiencing Detroit, uh, if not for the first time, at least for the first time in a very long time. And we're going to be on our best and people are really going to see what an amazing city, region, and state that we have.
0: And we've got momentum because of those two Lions home playoff games, both victories, I might add. And everyone got to see the white towels and the fever pitch and the how loud Ford Field was and how passionate our fans are. And then, you know, the wonderful uh, shots that, that NBC showed, drone footage or anything from Belle Isle up the riverfront, um, downtown murals that we have in our wonderful city—all those things make an impression, and you can't put a dollar figure on it. But I know it's valuable, and it was so great. Yeah,
4: no, absolutely, and of course, it really helped to have uh, kind of our adopted hometown guy, uh, Mike Tirico, uh calling—you know—calling the game. Uh, and Mike is such a terrific supporter of Michigan,
0: and he's a member of the Sports Commission board as well. So, and, and an active one, not not. Uh, no doubt about it he 's at the meetings whenever he can be, and um, you're right he 's such an ambassador for our city and our state um Sandy you moved from downtown a downtown building to another downtown building, but overall what's your impression of downtown now um, as we get ready to host all these folks um, you know it, obviously the pandemic was a bit of a game changer, but there seems to be a real livelihood, certainly on the evenings and weekends. And, and uh, what's your thoughts on the downtown
4: yeah. area? Yeah. So certainly, first of all, I wouldn't trade Detroit's downtown positioning and activity level with just about any other major city in the country. And I've I've looked I've looked into this. First of all, every other city in the country is having the same back to office issue that we are. In fact, we're my guess is about mid pack in terms of how we're doing bringing people back to off uh, back to the office. But, you know, uh, our friends at the Gallup organization will tell you that back to office, whatever it is today is what it's going to be tomorrow. It's not going to get any better, per se. So, you know, fortunately, you know, we have a major tenant. I mean, a major landlord in downtown and that is Dan Gilbert. He's not going to let these buildings go fallow. He has the nimbleness and his team have the nimbleness to figure out what to do next. With some of these buildings, some of these B and Class C buildings, you know, that's going to be a challenge, but that's not a challenge that we have that other places don't. The advantage that we have, and you just mentioned it, Terry, are, you know, after hours activity, our weekend activity, our festival activity. I mean, Detroit is a master at the community wide, inclusive, everyone's welcome. Big event festival downtown, and we can thank our friend Tony Michaels for a lot of them, right? But there's a lot of things that happen that bring people from all across the region, if not the state or the country, to come downtown, and that is a huge
0: competitive advantage for us. Speaking of Tony, he was guest host yesterday, and he was actually on site, and I saw you at the Detroit Economic Club uh, Steve Gregorian and Sandy Pierce had a, a terrific meeting uh, with Governor Gretchen Whitmer and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. What were your impressions of the presentation that we saw there?
4: Well, let's break it up into two parts. First, you know, the governor took the stage to do a high level summary of her her budget that she's presenting towards uh, towards to to the legislature, excuse me. I've been on vacation, Terry. I'm, I'm still trying to get syllables correct here. Uh, and obviously, listen, our our governor is a, is a national star. You know, she is on the map for a reason. She is telegenic. She is well spoken. She knows what she's doing, uh, and she knows how to present. And that was definitely on on show. I mean, I think you know, there's lots of things in her budget proposal that. I and, you know, the chamber board that we like. There's also some things that that we don't like, but, you know, that's called democracy and that's the way it is. So the things that we fully support, we're going to be right behind her. Then there was a little interchange with uh, Secretary Janet Yellen, who I know from her Fed days back uh, back not too not too long ago. And, you know, I I, uh, that probably wasn't the best setup uh, ever, but it was great to have two incredible uh, female leaders who have reached the top of their profession. And I thought it was really great that uh, our governor really recognized the trailblazing path that Janet Yellen uh, kind of paved for a uh, high level service in government for for women leaders.
0: I liked the format where Janet Yellen also asked questions of Governor Whitmer. So it was a nice interplay there. And uh, I felt a- an optimism there that I, I appreciated. I'm a- hopeless optimist anyway, and and certainly if we can uh, keep our economy humming along, um, that's good for all of us.
4: I think we're going to do exactly that. All signs for 2024 are very positive. Uh, For those who are a little concerned about the inflation number that came out yesterday, I wouldn't worry about one month right now. It looks like inflation's coming down. GDP growth is incredibly strong. Uh, Our unemployment rate, both, you know, regionally and nationally, uh, you know, we're at or below 4%. These are really, really strong numbers. Business leaders are increasing their optimism level. Uh, when you ask them, you know, how you rate things, they're turning up the volume.
0: Let's talk for a minute about Mish Auto. Such an important and uh, well-run uh, enterprise under the Detroit Regional Chamber umbrella. And Glenn Stevens does such an amazing job running that that um, entire program. How are things going as we, you know, look towards maybe a a slowing down of the electrification of the automotive industry?
4: Yeah, the great thing about Mish Auto, and thank you for mentioning Glenn, Glenn and his team have done a fantastic job building that program essentially from scratch. I mean, when I moved here to Michigan, you know, there was not a statewide automotive association dedicated to promoting the automotive and mobility industry in Michigan. I mean, we had a blueberry caucus, we had a beer caucus, but we didn't have an auto caucus, right? It was just the oddest thing. Uh, But, you know, Glenn and the team have done a fantastic job, as you mentioned, with that. The, you know, to me, uh, the electrification question is a speed of increase, not a slowdown, right? We're still seeing the sales of EVs and everyone says it's just Tesla. No, it's not just Tesla. Tesla sales are actually a smaller portion of the pie uh, every passing day. So we're seeing EV sales continue to increase, they're just not increasing at the blistering pace that we saw in late 21 and all throughout 22. So we're basically coming down to kind of reality level increases. But regardless if it's EVs or ICE engines or whatever the propulsion technology is, Michigan is a leader today. And what Mishah Otto is doing is making sure statewide we're a leader tomorrow.
0: Sandy Brea, you braved the snow to come down to the studio to join us. We so appreciate that and uh, appreciate your thoughts on the NFL draft. We may be visiting with your prime spot. You know, I'm not sure I could do any better than that. So I may have to come your way and, and yeah. if you'll have me.
4: Ter- Terry, I got a beer waiting for you uh, <laughs> on NFL draft night.
0: Awesome. Thank you again. That's the Honorable Sandy K. Barua, President and CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber, and you're listening to Focus on WJR. Welcome back to The Focus Show. You know, this next segment is one I've been looking forward to so much because um, uh, two people have called in. And, and, you know, with all due respect to uh, Team USA Basketball, this is really the dream team. And uh, it's 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 Faye Nelson. And Rick Christ, they are co-chairs of the community engagement component of our draft. It is such an innovative and exciting and philanthropic way to have a lasting legacy long after the draft. And uh, first, Rick, I'll go to him. It he's senior vice president of Deat Sports, and he's a very, very, very well connected in Division One intercollegiate athletics. Played baseball at Notre Dame. He earned a law degree from Duke and and has served in many, many leadership roles, including 10 years as the commissioner of the Mid-American Conference, the MAC. Uh, Rick, welcome to the show.
5: Hey, thanks so much, Terry. And uh, a generous intro, and if if that's the case, I, I know which one of the two of us is Jordan, so let me just uh, <laughs> leave it at that with faith. Uh, but no, it's great to be on, and, and it really has been um, an exciting journey, Coming up on two years in the planning stages, and the incredible opportunity that launches with the NFL Draft, and you've been so involved with the sports commission. Uh, you know that we've we've got this just awesome five to seven year window here: uh, the 2027 Men's Final Four, and everything that's going to happen in between for us to hopefully uh, leave a lasting impact.
0: And, Faye, you need no introduction around these parts, but you've been a a pillar of the Detroit and Michigan community in numerous roles. Um, Most recently, you were the W.K. Kellogg Foundation's Michigan director before retiring at the end of last year. And previous to that, you served as the chair and CEO of the DTE Foundation and president and CEO of the Detroit Riverfront Conservancy, among other things. Welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much, Terry. It's such a pleasure to be here with you uh this afternoon and to uh have a chance to speak about one of the most exciting initiatives that I can think of, and that's our Living Legacy program. And I can't tell you how much of an honor it is to share uh this effort with my dear friend Rick Chris. So, you know, we thought about it being this legacy living legacy effort for quite a while and Uh, There's so many exciting events uh, that will take place during the draft. Our thought process has been, but what happens next? How do we give or how do we share with our community a lasting legacy, a gift to our children and families? And so in that regard, um, uh, Rick and myself, as well as our 15-person community, met with education leaders and leaders in community and, and developed as a result a focus on on investment in education, specifically literacy, and sports, uh, youth sports, uh, in a partnership with Project Play, with a focus on uh, girls in sports. So it's been exciting, and we're so grateful and appreciative of of the investment that this generous community has made in both efforts.
0: Well, I've been privileged to be able to participate in some of your planning meetings and your committee meetings. And um, it is a labor of love, I know, but it is a major undertaking. And we so thank the the both of you for doing that. I really think it's something that, at least in in, um, the research that we've done, I'm not aware of another city that hosted the draft and then had this wonderful philanthropic component to it.
3: Yes, this is a first-of-its-kind effort. Um, with regard to the draft-related activities, and we are uh, really uh, working hard. We're meeting on a weekly basis to ensure that this program, as it rolls out, really supports and benefits uh, our broad-based community. So a quick comment on on our literacy focus. Um, Our nonprofit partner is Beyond Basics. Uh, We are working in partnership with DPSCD uh, two schools, Dixon Middle School, which is a theater school, Cody High School, and the Detroit Lions Academy. And so the children have already been assessed, tutoring is underway, and we're really looking forward to joining what we think uh, or what we reflect on is the literacy movement as we think about working in partnership with other organizations in order to address the needed literacy gap that currently exist in our city and, quite frankly, in our county, quite frankly, statewide. So we're uh, moving forward in this effort.
0: I've been familiar with Beyond Basics uh, in my previous work, and they have a very measurable six-week program that can get these youngsters up to grade level. It is a proven method, and um, I applaud you backing them because I think they're uh, that's the right way to go. And then Rick, as far as it relates to, <clears throat> excuse me, active play, project play, can we talk about that for a minute?
5: Absolutely. Project Play is a collaboration between uh, the Community Foundation of Southeast Michigan, uh, the Wilson Foundation, and the Aspen Institute. Established uh, across the country, but with really deep roots here in in Detroit, and uh, our our relationship there is extensive. It'll focus. Uh, First, on a series of events and programming around the draft and extending beyond the draft, Uh, again, in the youth sports space, girls in sports space. Secondly, um, is a, a collaboration with the Wilson Foundation on a series of grant initiatives that we think will be very impactful. And third, Terry, and we're looking to rope you and other leaders in on this, is the potential of a unique opportunity of, uh, of uh, considering an endowment so that uh, uh, any major sporting event that comes to the city uh, can um, help build a, a really sustainable and lasting uh, uh, resource for the citizens and the youth of this uh, region.
0: Well, this important effort is in very good hands. Rick and and Faye, thank you so much for calling in, and thank you for everything you're doing. You're listening to Focus on WJR. Thank you so much. You're listening to Focus. Welcome back to the second hour of the Focus show. My name is Terry Radigan. I'm the chair of the Detroit Sports Commission. I am filling in for Paul W. Smith while he is away. And we spent the first hour of the show going deep on the NFL draft and all the things that it means for this wonderful city, Uh, best sports town in America, and and certainly um, Illich uh, Entertainment, sports and entertainment is involved in that. Ryan Gustafson is on the Detroit Sports Commission board, and we appreciate the partnership and all the contributions that that organization makes. But there's another major event happening uh, just seven weeks from now. In fact, it's seven weeks from tomorrow. And that's uh, a holiday here in our great town, and that is Tigers' opening day. It's uh, on a Friday this year, which is fantastic. It's one one ten start against the Oakland A's. And here uh, to talk about the Detroit Tigers is the general manager of that ball club, Jeff Greenberg. Jeff, can't thank you enough for having, uh, spending some time with us. Congratulations on your new job. Welcome to Detroit.
6: I appreciate it. No, great to uh, great to be here, and thanks for having me today.
0: So you're down in Lakeland, pitchers and catchers reported yesterday. Uh what are your early impressions of uh what's happening down there at Joker Marchant?
6: Yeah, it's uh it's great to be down here. Had our first uh official pitchers and catchers uh workout yesterday. We've had a pretty big group uh down here for a while uh before the the official first first day yesterday but you know great to have the group down here obviously you know a ton of energy um, excited as a group and and great to get going
0: that's great uh you know i had a chance to watch a little bit of your welcome press conference where scott uh uh introduced you and you had your wife and and young children there that was really a, a special moment i hope everyone's getting acclimated to uh living in detroit you're a midwest guy anyway but getting acclimated to the city
6: yeah, no, getting acclimated. I was, uh, I did the back and forth, uh, between Michigan and Chicago for a couple of months, uh, before, uh, moved the family up, but now we're, we're settled. We, we made the official move, uh,
1: early January.
6: So it's been a little, little over a month. We've really enjoyed it. Uh, the boys have, have loved it so far, uh, got them to a, a Michigan hockey game, went to a Red Wings game. Um, so we're, we're getting settled and, um, uh, look forward to to
0: get going with the season. So um I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh the, the fact that really since Scott Harris took over, it feels like every move, every hire, every decision that's been made has really been about the long-term success of the Detroit Tigers. We've obviously had a couple of uh tough years here, but we're coming out of it. We feel very very optimistic as as fans, I'm a season ticket holder and I can't wait for opening day and the rest of the season, but um I would just uh love to compliment you and and the whole organization on really every decision that's made feels like it's not for the short-term gain but the long-term success of the program.
6: I appreciate appreciate the kind words. Um yeah, I think it's an exciting exciting time to to be a tiger, to be, to be a tiger fan. Um, you know, I talked about it in my opening press conference. There's, you know, there's a real sense of, of momentum. I think we saw a lot of exciting progress, um, last year, both at the throughout the minor league system and in, in the big leagues, uh, we, we've got a ways to go. We're not where we, where we want to be yet. Um, this spring training, is an opportunity to, you know, continue to focus on, on taking that next step and um, work towards, um, you know, winning, winning ball games at the big league level. So um, there's a, there's a ton of work uh, still to do, but we were certainly excited with um, the progress. We've seen some of that momentum. And, and now the focus is, is looking ahead and taking that next step.
0: Everybody's focused on the pitching, obviously now, since those are the ones that showed up first, um, Tarek Skobel one of the really premier pitchers in in the game and, and that's exciting but um Tiger Nation is really pulling for Casey Mize you know this was uh this is a great guy and he had some injuries and some setbacks but uh hopefully Casey uh comes back um I saw some some film of him throwing in the bullpen and uh yeah I would just say that we, that we're all really pulling for him
6: Yeah no Casey Casey's healthy you know he obviously he just hasn't been able to pitch competitively in a while and he's worked extremely hard um, to get to where he is today. We're, we're obviously proud of him for, for putting in that work to getting where he is today. He's healthy. Um, he looks great. He's, he's been, been down here in Lakeland um, for a while. He lives, he lives in in the Tampa area. So, um, you know, the, the focus, the focus now is just to, to let him go out and, and begin the process of, of getting those innings and, and spring training and, Um, it's obviously great to to have him back to where he is now.
0: We've got such a young team, and people forget just how young some of these players are. And and then you added some veterans to the ball club uh, through some free agent signings and and other things uh, in the offseason. So I think the combination of of young core talent like your greens and Torkelsons um, combined with, with some of the additions that you made, really bode well for uh, a real strong run in the AL Central this year.
6: Yeah, we, you know, coming into the off season, um, we obviously felt like, you know, we had some young talent. We saw um, some some exciting progress last year um, at the big league level. But, you know, we are young and, and with um, youth comes some expected you know, volatility, volatility throughout the course of the season. So with that, you know, priorities, um, you know, we wanted a veteran bat, um, a guy who could, you know, support our lineup uh, with, with more on base, um, provide a veteran presence to our younger hitters. We feel like we were able to accomplish that with, with Mark Hanna uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And then on the run prevention side, really bolstering our, our, our pitching gap both in the rotation and in the pen was was a real priority. Um, really happy we were able to bring in Ken Maeda, Jack Flaherty um, in the rotation, uh, Andrew Chafin, who's obviously familiar with Tigers fans, um, in the bullpen as well as Shelby Miller. So, um, you know, we we came into the offseason season um, trying to be fairly intentional with what we were trying to do, the types of players we were trying to bring in to to supplement the existing roster, um, guys do we feel like can provide something in the clubhouse as well. Um, So, you know, happy we were able to do those things and um, excited to, uh, to bring that mix into the fold here as we head into the spring.
0: It's always nice when a player like Andrew comes back, you know, goes and tests the water somewhere else but then wants to come back, wants to be part of what we're doing here, which is building a winner. And so I think that was a compliment to you and to the entire organization. Uh, have you been um obviously you were in in chicago with the cubs and pittsburgh with the pirates but i don't suppose you've ever had a chance to be at opening day for detroit tigers it is crazy uh we think it's the best opening day in, in the country but you probably haven't had a chance to experience it yet right
6: no haven't had a chance to experience it i've heard a lot about it uh i'm obviously excited to experience it for the first time i've um, you know, I've, I've been to Tigers games before I took this job with, with the Cubs of, you know, we, we all saw, um, the excitement throughout the city, um, surrounding the Lions this year. Um, it is such a great sports town. That was very apparent to me. Um, you know, heading into this job, I I've, I've felt it firsthand, um, just being here for the last Five months so to, to get the opening day to, to experience it firsthand um, extremely excited for that
0: speaking speaking of experience the fan experience at Comerica Park is just improving every single year this year we're getting a new scoreboard last year the new lights um, I, I really compliment the whole organization for uh, really making it all it can be a great family atmosphere uh, an exciting atmosphere obviously the games are uh, a bit faster than they used to be with the pitch clock so <laughs> Uh, it is really uh, uh, unbelievable how how much fun it is to go to the Tigers games, and um, even more improvements coming this year.
6: Yeah, no, it, we've you know we've been very intentional in investing um, in this club facility-wise, both in terms of what you know what the fans will see in the ballpark, and also what you know our players uh, will experience, whether it's you know in the clubhouse in Detroit, our facilities down here in Lakeland, um, you know those foundational investments are, are critical uh, for the long-term health and, and growth of the organization and what we're trying to do here. And, um, you know, to, to to continue to make those investments, to, to add those things for players um, and for our fans, it's, it's a huge part of, of what we're trying to do here.
0: It's just world-class from every angle, from where we sit. It's just every, every aspect of, of the organization just feels like it's going in, in the right direction. We compliment you, we welcome you and uh, we look forward to having you back up north here early April so we can uh, have an amazing opening day. And really appreciate you spending some time with us today, Jeff.
6: No, my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me and look forward to uh, to seeing you guys in April.
0: Welcome back to the show. You might think you dialed in early and this is sports wrap because we have certainly spent a lot of time talking about sports and we're going to continue to do that. We've uh, touched on the NFL draft extensively, and we'll talk more about that, Uh, Tigers opening day. And um, now we want to talk about something that, whereas the the draft is a -a once-in-a-generation opportunity to bring people to Detroit, we have one event that is an annual opportunity. And, of course, I'm talking about the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. And uh, we're proud and pleased to have the president of the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, Michael Montre, here on the other end of our line. Hi, Michael. Hey, Terry, thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. You're also a member of the Sports Commission Board, and we appreciate your uh, participation in that very much. Uh, you guys made a bold move last year and moved the uh, the Grand Prix off of Belle Isle, where it was fantastic for a number of years, and you left a, a wonderful legacy on, on Belle Isle. But bringing it back to the city of Detroit and to the streets of Detroit was uh, a massive undertaking. and. By any measure, uh it felt like it was a huge success. Um not without a lot of effort by you and your team, but uh, congratulations on that and just wondering how uh how the planning's going for year two on the streets of Detroit.
7: Yeah, thanks, Terry. Uh you're you're absolutely right. It was a big undertaking and certainly couldn't have done it without uh two of the main sponsors you already mentioned in our title, uh Chevrolet and Lear, um, with their support. And with all the sponsors that we have, we really pulled off uh, what we feel was a really successful event. And, Terry, I think for year two, we're really focusing on taking what we did last year and and making it better and really, you know, fine-tuning it. Um, so all the things that were so popular about our event last year and how we were able to open up 50% of the racetrack for free viewing for anybody that wanted to come down, uh, all of those really popular popular elements are going to be back But we're also making it better um, by expanding some of our footprint and you know much like the draft that you mentioned we're we're going to be activating the area between campus marshes and um and jefferson on woodward so uh it'll just be more area for folks to uh, experience some of the fine vendors and attractions that we'll have at the grand prix and uh, a couple new viewing opportunities as well on the rooftops of uh, franklin garage and port atwater that are Uh, circling that uh, really popular Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, double-sided pit lane, which is super unique in in professional motorsports. So we're looking forward to it. Thanks for asking.
0: Well, you know, I was there, and so I was also aware that we were going to be doing the draft, and so I took a lot of walks, and I walked across the, the skywalk between the Renaissance Center and the Millinder Center so that I could then see and experience what was happening on the the free side if you will you know among all the fans I was in Hart Plaza that was electric I felt like you did a great job with the fan experience and you know let's face it 50% of your race was free 100% of our draft is free and so we really want to make sure that folks know um that uh that there is a great fan experience awaiting them And, and Hart Plaza is going to be the you know where the NFL fan experience is so uh, I really took a lot of mental notes about what was happening, how you guys activated it. Uh, you did so brilliantly. Um, you know, we'll have a lot of the same look. We won't have the bridges across Jefferson necessary like you guys did, but uh, those <laughs> are a cool element, too. But um, uh, congratulations. And if you're going to expand even further beyond um, what you already did and go as far up to Campus Martius um, Kudos to you. And I know there's just so many restaurants and, and small businesses within walking distance, and that's the beauty of having it downtown versus at Belle Isle.
7: Yeah, no, no doubt. And uh, all of those businesses in the downtown core certainly benefited. But I'll tell you, we uh, you know this, but I'll mention it, that um, we were able to bring businesses from across the full geographic footprint of the city and uh, offer them some free vendor space right in the middle of Camps Marshes and Cadillac Square. And uh there were thirty two businesses set up there and um our hope was and, and it was successful that they got, you know, exposed to folks that may never make it to their brick and mortar store and um great experience for all and, and hopefully a lot of those folks that um were able to interact with those businesses during the Grand Prix went out and frequented those brick and mortar stores uh in between, you know, from between twenty three and twenty four here. So
0: Well with the draft coming before your next um Grand Prix you can uh, experience and and learn from, and maybe um, just kind of gauge how things are going uh, all across. We've obviously got the footprint from Hart Plaza all the way to Campus Martius, but maybe there's some learnings there that you could still implement into your planning for the the Grand Prix in early June.
7: Oh, there's no, there's no doubt. We've been um, working with the folks from the draft, as you know, very closely, and share some of the we'll share some of the assets and uh hopefully all of the learnings because there's always something to learn uh when you're doing things like this big events so we look forward to learning from everything that the draft does. it's going to be a
0: phenomenal weekend uh in late april um and we're, we're really looking forward to it being in the city oh we appreciate all of your support and you've had a a good year already congratulations on the win and at rolex 24 at daytona that was uh, a massive win for team penske and and anytime penske wins southeast michigan wins so congratulations on that
7: <laughs> thanks terry we're uh off to a good start and we got the jo- joey logano on the pole for the J- daytona 500 this weekend so uh some more excitement there maybe
0: i don't know how you do it uh and roger was right there uh as he always is right in the thick of it and um it's really uh, an inspiration and he's uh, he's earned the, the 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 status of hero in my mind um so uh keep up the great work there
7: thanks terry appreciate it
0: so michael um i guess last thoughts here uh with the with the grand prix um, coming back and uh any any thing that you can showcase uh, as it relates to, you know, you were very, very uh, intentional about being sustainable, one of the most sustainable events, and that's something that I've always been uh, fond of and admired you for. How's that uh, sustainability effort going for year two?
7: It's it, We're going to, con- again, kind of continue that theme, and we'll have some enhancements, but we were really proud, Terry, uh, to be named uh, am- amongst any motorsport uh event in the world the first one to gain um, what we would call gold certification through the council for responsible sport um and it's a a number of different um you know points that they consider in doing this it's not just recycling it's they take into account you know the the carbon footprint really that not only the event leaves but all the vendors and all the all the people that travel to the event and um, we we really leaned in hard to that last year, um, you know. Thanks to Priority Waste for helping us there; they did a great job, and um, and and it's it's just been a, a huge success for us. And you know, to to be the first motorsport event in the world to achieve gold status is something that you know we're really proud of. And I think everybody who helped us uh, across our you know sponsor portfolio and uh, and the fans that came down, um, well, huge thanks to them and and uh, kudos.
0: It was all-encompassing, even the tires, correct?
7: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, 100% renewable fuel in the IndyCar Series. That helped as well.
0: <laughs> you, th- you thought of everything is the way I see it. <laughs> well, listen, we really appreciate everything you do for us, for your sponsor, uh, p- partnership, I should say, on the uh, Sports Commission And uh, we look forward to seeing you at the NFL Draft. And if there's anything we can do to help make the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear even better, I know you'll let us know that.
7: We're looking forward to it, Terry. DetroitGP.com for tickets. Awesome.
0: Thank you, Michael. Thank you. You're listening to Focus on WJR. Welcome back to the show. I'm very excited about our next guest. Uh, Travels all over this great state uh, telling our story. President and CEO of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, Quentin Messer. Quentin, welcome to the show.
8: Hey, thank you so much, Terry, and congratulations on you. I mean, it's tough to fill in to a, for a Hall of Famer, and you're hitting it out the park. Well, I
0: appreciate you saying that. It is uh, It has been fun and, and not lost on me that uh, I'm sitting in, in, in his chair. Uh, wh- where does this find you, Quentin? Is it the Upper Peninsula?
8: I am I am indeed in the UP. I'm at Sawyer International, headed back down for some meetings um, this evening and tomorrow, but uh, had a wonderful time here. I can't tell you just how many wonderful things are happening across those peninsulas.
0: Well, you know, you're going to find a lot of Packers fans up there, and I'd like you to try and convert them. I think the, the Upper Peninsula is split even with, you know, Lions fans and Packers fans, but I think uh, maybe this deep run that we made in the playoffs uh this month or last month, um, maybe that's going to change some minds. But there's uh, it's a fun, fun dynamic up there in the UP where they're actually geographically a lot closer to Green Bay. And so, therefore, that's where their allegiance is. Now, that's a great observation. But, um, you know, education happens slowly and go Lions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, as we talk about the Lions and, and it was an, an amazing run and we'll get them next year. But uh, it really did build a lot of momentum for what's happening here in 70 days in the city of Detroit. And, you know, MEDC was one of the very, very first and largest sponsors of, of the draft. And we just can't thank you enough for your support, for your leadership. And um, we're going to, I think, showcase to the world that we have the greatest sports city, uh, sports town in America and uh, make a lot of first impressions, really strong impressions.
8: No, I think you said it so well, uh, Terry. And, you know, you can't really talk about the draft without, um, you know, saying our prayers and thoughts. So with Kansas City, the tragedy, after what should have been a joyous occasion, Um, you know, they hosted a draft last year, so our prayers are there. But, you know, we're focused on the future, and I think you're absolutely right. You know, Detroit is really unique. I think very few, if any other place, has four major North American franchises playing within only a couple of miles of each other, walking distance. And we get to not only showcase that side of Detroit, but through the great work of our co-chairs and and Visit Detroit and so many others, the city of Detroit, Mayor Duggan and Governor Whitmer and the legislature, bipartisan fashion. uh, We're bringing this opportunity to neighborhoods um, throughout Detroit and really being very intentional to get a tremendous um, economic boost for so many retailers and uh, small businesses, uh, our uh, hospitality industry. I'm incredibly excited and honored to be a part of a great set of folks at MEDC, our marketing communications team, who really made it work and did a lot of work um, to make that sponsorship happen.
0: Well, they've been hugely beneficial to all of the meetings that I've been a part of. You've got a great team there. Um, you know, we thought of you last week, Quentin, because when when we were out in Las Vegas at Radio Row, we, we didn't stay for the game, but we, we were there for, <laughs> for a while and um, yeah. we were just telling our story. We had a booth that said Detroit is on the clock and we handed out some, you know, some Shinola NFL draft notebooks. People love the swag. And and then mm-hmm. um we were right next to the New Orleans booth. And of course, New Orleans is hosting <laughs> the next Super Bowl. Um, right. They had one up on us, while we had cool shinola books. They were giving out king cake, and they were giving out gumbo. And another day they <laughs> had catfish, and it drew a lot of attention. But because we were neighbors, and because there's some downtime at a convention like that, you know, we we uh, struck up quite a conversation with the folks from New Orleans. And um, I'll tell you, if 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 not the cheat or the Saints, I should say, if not the Saints. They really are hoping that our Lions make it to the Super Bowl in New Orleans next year. So I uh, just wanted to share that. I know that uh, New Orleans is near and dear to your heart.
8: No, you're absolutely right. You know, in some respects, there's a lot of similarities. Um, big differences, obviously, between New Orleans and Detroit. But cities that have, are, are enjoying a renaissance, cities that know how to spread their arms open wide and welcome the world, Cities that redefine music, whether it was jazz in the case of New Orleans or Motown in the case of Detroit, um, cuisine, um, a lot of James Beard nominated restaurants in both New Orleans and Detroit. So uh, I think cities that sometimes fly the load of radar, but have such a tremendous civic pride. So uh, they just finished celebrating um, uh, the carnival season just ended, in fact. Um, midnight on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. Um, so I know they had the king cake and the, and you didn't you didn't talk about the libations I'm sure they had um, at that booth as well, because they, <laughs> they know how to party a little bit down in New Orleans, as we do in Detroit. And I think people are going to see that um, Michiganders and Detroiters are gritty. They work hard, but they play hard, have a great sense of style and music. And I, I can't wait for people to see the fullness of who we are as a as a as a city,
0: as a region, southeast Michigan, and then as an entire state of Michigan. So as the year is uh progressing here, Quentin, what from an MEDC perspective, aside from the draft, what other things are you really excited about? What are you working on? Anything we can do to help?
8: Well I just want to thank you and
0: Paul W and the station overall for always affording a platform
8: to provide um, honest information so that uh, our friends and neighbors can be really informed about the issues of the day. Uh, We're really executing on the Make It in Michigan economic development strategy focused on people, places, and projects. We have to attract and develop people. We have to revitalize and cultivate places, and we have to compete for and win projects. And I think the NFL draft is one example of, you know, what we're doing with the large. Event fun uh, where we can bring so many more opportunities. I don't want to get in head of my friend Claude Mortonari and others that visit Detroit or Mayor Duggan or the governor, but there's a tremendous pipeline of events, not only this year but the next couple of years, that are going to be coming to Detroit. And I think people are really going to see and understand that we are an international city. Uh, you know, we we can see Canada. You have to travel south to get to Canada <laughs> from Detroit. Um, and they're going to see who we are today, the hard work, the visionary leadership of, of business and, uh, and community leaders. And, and I'm just so excited. Um, you know, eventually, you know, I think there's going to be a Final Four that's going to be hosted in Detroit. Uh, we've got some incredible conventions coming up. And then, obviously, we have projects and in, the, the, in neighborhoods across Detroit are being revitalized um, through uh, risk-taking developers, as well as support from the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan.
0: Well, that optimism that you just expressed was uh, was kind of a, a nice dovetail from yesterday. I know you were traveling, so you weren't able to be at the Detroit Economic Club, where Governor Whitmer uh, outlined her budget for the year and, and a very optimistic view of the economy with uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. So you were uh, with us in spirit, I know, but it, it really does... Um, feel like uh, a very, very optimistic and great year for our state, and um, everything you're doing is greatly appreciated.
8: No, Terry, I'm grateful, and I'm grateful for the
0: governor's leadership and bipartisan members of the legislature. You
8: know, uh, it, it takes a lot for the, for the governor to be the quarterback, but she's been uniquely focused on making sure that we turn optimism into results. Uh, we have to work hard as a partnership at the state, regional, and local level on on both peninsulas. Uh, I was disappointed I didn't see Secretary Yellen, but really great to be in the UP and great to be with you, Terry.
0: Well, great to be with you. Appreciate it very much. Please travel safely. We got a little snow here in southeast Michigan uh, this afternoon. Uh, Please travel safely, and we'll look forward to seeing you when you get back downstate.
8: Thank you, my friend, and uh, give Paul Paul W. my best.
0: We sure will. You're listening to Focus on WJR. Welcome back to the show. Opportunity here to be caller nine at 1-800-859-0957. That's 1-800-859-0WJR to win a stay and play package for two, including a night's accommodations at Marines City's premier boutique hotel, the Inn on Water Street and tickets to experience the Riverbank Theater's production of Bonnie and Clyde, playing now through March 10th. Adventure and romance await in the larger-than-life true tale of one of history's most notorious couples. During the height of the Great Depression, Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow captured the nation's imagination with their infamous rise from small-town West Texas nobodies to American legends. Bonnie and Clyde celebrates American musical genres like the blues, gospel, and rock and roll. It's an electrifying story of fame, a life of crime, and love. For more information and official contest rules, please visit wjr.com. Well, we're bringing it home now. Our last guest is actually in studio, and I so appreciate him being here, uh, not just for his segment, but for the entire show. Uh Dave Beachnow, he's the executive director of the Detroit Sports Commission, my partner in crime, we traveled together uh last week in in uh in Las Vegas and um Dave, you've been a part of the sports bureau and, and
9: visit Detroit for 30 years now. Yeah, 30 years and it's been uh it's been a great run and um, it's great to be with you again as as you as you said, spent some time in Las Vegas last week just talking up Detroit and I think the conversation with the success of the Lions um, really was uh, timely as we talk about the draft coming to Detroit in uh, just a few short weeks, and and it's been a, a great run for me personally. You know, leading the sports commission for so many years, but you know, it's not one person, it's not one organization that, that does the work. And so, you know, I want to thank you and and many others, you know, along the way who have helped us to get to where we are. But you know, it, it was mentioned earlier in the show about. The early run we had in the early 2000s with those major events—the Super Bowl, Major League Baseball All-Star Game, the Final Four—but but this time it just feels so much different in our community. We have so much momentum, and if you remember back to 2006, we were boarding you know vacant storefronts, mm-hmm. and the city's in such a different place today. And I think that um, that message is getting out. You know, when we were in Las Las Vegas last week, I think we we heard that time and time again. And I think that's what's so exciting uh, for me personally, and I think for our community.
0: Well, you laid a great foundation for us in the early two thousands, Major League Baseball All Star Game, and the Final Four, as you mentioned, and the Ryder Cup, and of course the Super Bowl, and that continued into the next decade. and 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 now here we are in the in the twenty twenties, and um, we, I'm feeling the same kind of momentum again. You know, we got the draft. Uh, we've got the Final Four coming in 2027, and, and and many other exciting things. And and now because of the Renaissance of the city, it's even more of a spectacular opportunity to make a good
9: first impression. No doubt about it. And I think people are taking notice. And I think you know when, when you and I and, and a few others went to make the pitch in Houston for our, our 2027 Final Four bid, the fact that the NFL had selected Detroit for one of their major tentpole events, gave us instant credibility. And I think they saw the work, the collaboration that's taking place in our community, and we talk about the Detroit Sports Organizing Corp, and some of the names were mentioned earlier, but when you have a Rod Wood, an Iron Tallum, a Mike Tarrico, and so many others sitting around a room collaborating and being strategic on our approach moving forward, it only enhances our opportunity in a very competitive environment that we work in so that's that's critically important that we're all aligned and that's certainly the case with the local organizing committee for the draft coming up here in april
0: well i've been so impressed by the networking um that's done all of you the all the folks you just mentioned including yourself and then rick christ and mike Dietz and others your network um is vast and you know everybody around the country whether it's big 10 ncaa usga nfl I mean, I'm always amazed to travel with you and just see the number of folks that come up. And, you know, obviously you've been in the business for 30 years, but uh, it is it is very, very uh, encouraging and refreshing. And um, I'm just excited for the the latest, the next great one, which is going to be the draft. Uh, But can you talk a little bit about what else is happening coming up?
9: Yeah. So, um, you know, I think people forget that we've got a, a little basketball tournament coming up about four weeks prior to the the draft, and that's the NCAA men's basketball regional that will be at LCA on March 29th and 31st. So we have the privilege of of sending a team to Phoenix for the Final Four this year, and I think there are still still a few tickets available. But um, at last count, I think it was less than a thousand. So anyone that you know, wants to get down there and see you know some of the best college basketball teams in the country, um, please buy your tickets now because, it, and again, it's another great opportunity. For Detroit to be on a national stage, you know, we witnessed that with the, with the Lions run um, here recently and um, the opportunity that we'll have with the draft in a, a few very short weeks. But, but that yeah, it's certainly on our radar, we're, we're planning very closely with the NFL or the NCAA, I'm sorry, the staff and, and their committee to make sure that, you know, Detroit, and we always do, we do it, do it the right way and we raise the bar each time.
0: Well, what I love is you will uh, attract and work hard to get anything possible. We had uh, wrestling, uh, I remember, last year. Um, we've got the NCAA Bowling Championships coming up in April as well, right? We do, and, and that's
9: been a great event for us. So this will be, I think, the fourth time that we've hosted it, and it's the Women's Championship. And that's you know been a priority for us as we move forward, to be very very intentional on the type of events that we pursue and host. And, and women's sports you know, is certainly at the forefront for us and, and is that priority. So when you look at different sports like women's volleyball and you, you look at, you know, 93,000 in Nebraska for mm-hmm. an outdoor volleyball game, you know, that that's a sport that we're paying close attention to. And we host some major volleyball tournaments at Huntington Place on an annual basis. And so it's it's opportunities like that. And I think almost every weekend I would venture to say that there's – a youth tournament going around on somewhere in our region that we've touched in some way. So everyone hears about and likes to know about those marquee events, but our overall mission is to drive tourism through the hosting of events, whether it's a bowling tournament, hockey tournaments that take place every weekend or the final four in 2027. Well, we do have an advantage
0: that uh, Quentin Messer just mentioned, and that's having the three stadiums within a, a you know half mile of each other. And, um, you know, since those three stadiums have been there, it hasn't, you know, the, the the teams, the local professional sports teams have been in a little bit of a rebuild. But those rebuilds are starting to pay dividends and we've got. Tigers, we've got uh, the Red Wings. Uh, obviously, what the Lions have done has been remarkable. So it feels like people, when they come here, um, and by the way, Kansas City Royals are playing at the Tigers the same weekend as the draft. That's exactly so right. That's going to be great. I think people will start to realize, wow, we wish we had our three stadiums walking distance. We wish we had the draft. People are starting to be envious of what we've got here in Detroit, and it's partially thanks to you, Dave Beachnaw.
9: Well, Terry, thanks for having me, and again. It re- Truly appreciate your leadership with the Detroit Sports Commission and um, the commitment that you've made over the past five-plus years, and it's been a pleasure working side-by-side side with you.
0: My pleasure. And speaking of that, what a delight it has been to, to uh, guest host for the great Paul W. Smith. Uh, you're listening to Focus on WJR.